podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. I'm back. We're back. Two game weeks later. What's up? What's new? How have you been? How are you? Tell me. Missed you, man. I'm it was very having a very difficult time holding down the fort without you. Uh the slack, the jail penitentiary went ran loose, ran wild. Yeah, to an extent. It's also just, you know, when I'm I was talking to my wife about just like spending the last month or plus like doing well and like slowly chipping away. And then one game just like throws it completely back to where I was in fucking like November. And it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Ugh. So tell me, so tell me where you're at right now. This is the awkward timing of powder potting Tuesday morning, obviously before City and Everton play, which will drastically probably change everyone's week. So where are you at right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the FMLFPL Cup. I'm against a triple Captain Coon, so that's just me done and dusted. But. Ugh. The the amount of like coon ownership cap and triple cap just completely I couldn't understand it. Um, but it when you know when a player scores fifty one, it's like everyone from OR like three hundred and fifty k to one who did that is going to just soar up like past me basically because it's fifty one points. And a lot of people there were a lot of people that did that, so that that's just like a difficult pill to swallow. Just because, like, I genuinely just didn't think it was an advisable thing to do in any capacity. I didn't think triple captaining this week was good at all. Just because, to me, when you're triple captaining a double game weaker, the first thing you prioritize is two starts. And no city player had that that like even remote, like bankable like thing. It was just completely pep roulette, and you can't guess it. And it's likely that between you know Sané, Sterling, and Kuhn, that you'll probably see one of those three players start both. I mean, now that two of the three started the first game, we'll see who starts tomorrow. But with that said, you know it's not even though like the fixtures were incredible. I mean, it's Arsenal are a bad defense, but it's still not like Burnley or yeah, Huddersfield or yeah. Fulham or you know a bad team. And Everton are bad, and that's the game you really think that they would probably do like a four or five goal explosion. So, you know, we'll have to see tomorrow what the team sheet is. But you know, he could easily tomorrow start anything, but from like Sane, Jesus, Mares to just running it back. Like I have no idea. Yeah, no one really knows. Yeah, yeah. And you know, another thing was with the with the Chelsea game following the Everton game. You know, looking at it objectively, you you know, obviously the Everton game's the easiest of the three, but. Pep changes formation and personnel every single week. So it doesn't matter which is easier because he could just play like different formations and play different play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, he could absolutely. See, he could see the Chelsea game as being like the best Jesus game. Even right, though right, it's right. Like, like, he sees yeah. it in a different way than simply like A is fatigued, so I'll start B. Like, it's not that simple. Yeah. So, anyway, so. Wait, so let me cut you off for a sec because there's probably going to be a lot of this this pod. I'll try and limit it, but obviously I was out of the country and barely on the internet for the last week. So was was everyone doing that? Was that like 
the FPL buzz was was everyone on Slack like hitting in for Kuhn or people like wildcarding in for Kuhn, Sane, Sterling to to go hard for the doubles because I barely even knew that there were doubles when I made my moves. I didn't even like think of it. I spent five minutes in it. I was in Portugal, but what were was everyone else kind of on that boat or did you find that? The the hardcore people and the people that you trust were kind of in the same mindset as you and being like, eh, it's not that good. I don't really care. The our Slack was definitely anti. Like the the FFS poll had Kuhn like first, and our Slack had Kuhn third by a long distance behind Raz and Sane as captain options. Mm. Um, I think it was primarily just because of Jesus's being an alive human being, right? Who is you know doesn't change much with Kuhn and I think the expectation is that Kuhn would play one of two of these games especially with Chelsea coming up so that was definitely the slack thing um Sané was de- Sané and Raz was definitely leading but I think that was more because more people owned Raz than Sané but it's it was just so it was funny because overall it's not even close Sané's ownership is so much higher than Raz's yeah, it was definitely like a 1A, 1B between Raz and Sané for Slack, and, and Kuhn was really not that much talked about, especially because people that would be getting Kuhn in either have had him for a little while and they were trying to jump the gun, or you would have had to do Ob to Kuhn and then immediately back to Ob, which a lot of people, you know, with Dean and like other issues, Sun coming back, I don't think a lot of people were willing to spend back-to-back transfers right now, especially right. with the blank game week on that spot. And a lot of people who had Aub in, in Slack just held him, um, which you know you, you don't expect much against City, and he obviously blanked, but the next three for Aub are incredible. Um, obviously the, the correct, in hindsight, um, like, orient, like the results-oriented hindsight is that doing that switch was obviously a brilliant and genius move, but... There were a lot of teams that owned Kuhn and Sterling and didn't captain Kuhn. Right. So I, I think it was just like depended on what there there is no there's no rationale or saying like one thing is right or one thing is wrong now, even in hindsight, just because every line was reasonable. And there was also a, <laughs> what a squeaky toys popping uh, up. Squeaky toys back. <laughs> There was also a good discussion that we were talking about, you know, leading up to the double game week. That, you know, if you're looking at, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do right now. Just keep going. You're doing great. Um, you know, if again, you know, to me with a double game week captainer, you're going to captain someone who's a good player. Like you're not going to double captain like Balassi or Andy Carroll. Like I've never done that before in a double game week. <laughs> But you expect that you have two bites of the apple, and then it's just kind of up to chance and luck, and you want good fixtures ideally, hopefully two home fixtures. But when you look at the three players between Sané, Sterling, and Kuhn with three games in a week for the team, picking which of those players are going to start in both games is just a fool's errand. There's no logic or rationale to say, like, this is definitely the correct pick. It's just like what you lead yourself to believe. I mean, Sané had been being subbed off on 70 or so for the past few games. Raz has been playing 90 for the past few games. So, you know, there's a line where, oh, Pep's just managing Sané, like he's an important player, he's going to start both, he'll probably keep subbing him off a little bit early. But then there's also the other line that, like, Raz is the best player on the team and he's important to everything and he can play in a lot of positions. So 
he's just going to keep riding him. Like, right. you know, so yeah, there's so many can, lines. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are just an infinite amount of lines that you could talk any, you could talk yourself into any of them. And, you know, it, same thing with Kuhn, you know, you look at like his season history and the last time he scored more than one goal in a game week was game week two, I believe. And, you know, he's had a couple like goal assist games. And I'm not saying that Sonny and Sterling have all these like brace and hat trick games. That's not the case, but it's just saying that they're more on a level playing field in terms of their FPL point output on like a, a start per minute basis yeah. kind of a thing than saying like Kuhn was the obvious pick. That's just ridiculous. And I'm, that's what's frustrating to me is that I'm seeing people like, oh, like how could you not have gotten Kuhn? And it's oh, like, well, I mean, that, that's every time anyone has a big explosive week, that's the chatter and it's the most fucking, yeah. it's like disrespectful to, Everyone's intelligence to even speak like that—it's just the stupidest, yeah. most ridiculous shit. I hate that shit. But yeah, yeah I'm with it's you there. Sure. I was mostly just curious about like the people that we talk to and trust, and where yeah. everyone was at, so, because I obviously wasn't in the conversation at that point. Yeah. So the one other thing though that is interesting is I've never in my FPL like career seen more discussion about captaining a single game weaker over a double game weaker. Because of what I'm discussing about the non-guaranteed or assured of start for the city players, all of them well, that's for just them crazy playing both. So the the reasoning behind that is that if you look at either of the city fixtures in isolation and you compare it to like Mo at West Ham, for yeah. example, yeah, neither are as good. Maybe like, Everton. Yeah. Maybe Everton's as yeah, good. Maybe yeah. Everton, but yeah. that also comes with the caveat of if he plays a weakened or a slightly weakened team against Everton, are they going to be at the same like full flowing explosive capacity? Right. And the guy I you're mean, relying on may be the one sacrificed for Everton. Yeah, and West Ham is a team that has throughout the season been very good at shipping four goals to the top teams because they're horrible. I mean, they pulled a rabbit out of the hat and they held Liverpool to one more. Yeah, more they're good Liverpool, at home, but yeah, yeah no, they're good I at home, but, more, but you know, more because Liverpool are diabolical than ever uh, than, yeah, than yeah, West Ham were just sure. like playing great. So, so like, so we were having that discussion in Slack also, which I think was interesting. And I, I don't think like a lot of people, Captain Mo, or, or a lot of people did did do that. But I think it's just an interesting, you know, thought thought exercise about. You know what you're expecting for the double game week. Yeah, I mean, I'm and looking again, at we'll the numbers see. now. The fact that 12 percent of the top 10k captain Salah is so crazy to me. But I guess that's exactly what you're talking about. And people just felt yeah. his consistency and the opponent and the guarantee 90 minutes was more worth it. Which is just yeah, yeah, that's why. And, and again, I mean, the other thing is, I mean, we'll see on the back end of Wednesday, and we'll we'll, we'll hit on it before our next pod, I guess, because it'll just kind of be a residual factor. And yeah. it'll, it'll be in, and in lambs, be, uh, it will be reflected. Yeah, but it'll just be kind of informative for the double game weeks moving forward, because we've all had those, oh, I have 15 double game weekers on my bench boost, and then you have eight because seven <laughs> yeah. of them don't play two games. Yeah, so yeah. If, if Kuhn and Raz play zero minutes on Wednesday, then captaining the single game weaker is a completely defensible and viable thing. It right. would have been actually correct because you would have been captaining Mo at the better, West more Ham consistent player and a great fixture. Instead, yeah. yeah, instead of so, so that's something that I think is an interesting talking point. So, so all of these things were being bandied about in Slack, and, wow. and we were talking about it a lot, and it was interesting. I missed a fucking huge week. So you're down. You're down a bunch. You're five straight greens. Are potentially coming to an end, but you have that Captain Sane tomorrow. You could he could save you a bit, I think. 
Yeah, so I mean, I was in the same position where like I had Sana and Raz and the thing that was the most tilting and it really got to me the last day was that I've had Raz and Sane for a long time. Yeah. And I've never even considered captaining Sane over Raz when I'm in a captain city. So why and why this week? So the the primary reason was because I just thought he had a better chance at two starts than Raz. Because one because Raz of the has 70 been, minutes. Yeah, it, well no, it, one because I think Sane is less replaceable on the left cuz Mendy's still not fit. And two, because Raz has been actually bad for a long time. And I think over the last like four or even maybe more game weeks, he's only had like 10 shot attempts. And yeah, he's, he's been just, way more of a creator for the past yeah, like two months. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't feel like there was, I felt like, you know, he's played Bilva on the right a few times this season. And I, I don't remember a time when he's played Raz on the left instead of Sane when Mendy's been out. And so that's kind of what my thinking was. Really, yeah. it was just like I wanted two shots at starts because Sane has also been in better form than Raz, full stop, for a while. So that you know, that's where I went there. Yeah, and yeah. so far, so far, I'm down ten points. But we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Um, I mean, if I had to do it again, I would do the same thing. I don't think it was like stupid or wrong. It just so far has not been working out. And, right. You know, Raz, Raz again. He. he Playing on the left in Mendy's spot was extremely frustrating because there was nothing that Raz did that Mendy would not have done. I mean, there were two assists. You mean Sane? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that Sane wouldn't have done. There were two assists running down the left, like down the down the byline towards the towards the end line and crossing it in for tap-ins. And those are things that Sane would have done like very easily. That's that's Sane's fucking bread and butter. Yeah, that's his bread and butter. And they didn't build up through the right the whole game because they had Bill over there who's just like inverted doing nothing. So, you know, it's just, it's again, but again, you know, it's, it's guessing pep roulette and, you know, you get it right, you get it wrong. It's just, it is what it is. So, so yeah, that's where I am. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on 50 points right now with my hit accounted for. Um, I also had a really difficult, I had a difficult decision. I was definitely getting rid of Martial. Um, I could have either done Sun in straight swap or take a hit to downgrade Dean to someone who wouldn't have a blank and be like a decent long term option and get Monan. And Mane's stats have been off the page for a while, better than pretty much better than Mo's for the for for the last four plus yeah, game weeks. Definitely, yeah, um, and he's been looking really good. He's had two and two. He is now three and three. He scored yesterday. Um, and Son, you know, off the back of only two days off and the early fixture, I wasn't still a hundred percent sure he would start. I also really did not view that as a good attacking fixture. I don't think. I mean, home his Newcastle. goal was the luckiest. Fucking yeah, his, thing ever, his, his goal, gifted. His, yeah, his goal was just shocking. It was a shocking piece of goalkeeping. I don't understand how pundits are saying like, "Oh, look at the knuckling action!" Like it was fucking straight at him, and he just whiffed. Like it was like a dodgeball. If you're like a fifth grader throwing a dodgeball at a kindergartner, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Just fucking parry it or catch it. Yeah, like it's and right. Literally at you. any part of his body touches it, and it's not a yeah. goal, and it just went right through him. Yeah, and I mean that's a nine point swing for or eight point swing for that player, Son specifically, which is frustrating, especially because he was making good runs and he looked bright and he he wasn't like tired or anything, like yeah, he was yeah. walking around. But they didn't create much, and he was nowhere near points until that action. He, he took some spe- very speculative, like Paul style shots from outside the box instead of them flying in out of the stadium. They were just going directly to the player in front of him. I think he had one shot on target before the goal. Um, so I, I, I didn't feel like that bad about that move. I, I just really threw me for a loop that Liverpool only scored one against West Ham. Yeah, I thought yeah. absolute minimum would have been three. 
Um, and that just didn't come in. But I mean, thank God Mane at least scored. If he blanked, that would have been fucking nightmare zone. You'd be in a lot worse shape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still down four plus three. I'm still down seven points on that decision today. But you know, we'll see. We'll see next week. I mean, Spurs have home Leicester, which is similarly, I think, bad attacking fixture. As we see Leicester, what they do when they roll up to to top four, top six yeah. sides. You know, they play up to the their opposition and. You know they don't they don't roll over by any stretch, and I, I you know Spurs again. Kane may be rumored for an earlier return than you'd expect, but they just they looked a little bit all out of sorts. I mean, not playing Llorente was interesting because they you know the hold up was definitely definitely missing. Lucas Moore was diabolical. He had a really good chance. He fucked up, but he didn't offer anything in terms of hold up. Or, yeah, on match of the know, day, it was like all set pieces and crosses yeah. and headers. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's really why Newcastle is, is not a good fixture for this like this kind of a game is that you know they played into Rafa's hands of he was just funneling them wide and they were putting yeah. speculative crosses into like not Llorente, which is like why would you not play him? Like that's your right. only hope if that's what the game's going to be devolved into and you know it's it, it we've seen that from Rafa teams time and time again and that's kind of his game plan. So, you know, I think Poch got it wrong there. Um I appreciated the change of formation, but I just don't understand why he played Lucas over Llorente. Um But e- either way, you know, Sun still looks like a great pick. He just keeps returning for fun. But yeah, I mean, I have Mane in, and I think that's you know they have Bournemouth. So that's also the the two two headed thing that I was looking. at. I was like, okay, do I want Sun and two like on paper home bankers, but really not good home starts for attackers against two like four four two buses or four five right. whatever. Versus Mane at West Ham home Bournemouth, two teams who don't know how to defend and never park. So I thought that that could be like, yeah, yeah. I thought no, that, I think it's very defensible, yeah. and that'll be definitely like a topic when we move on because a lot of people are looking at Son, Mane, Paul kind of against each other in that in that bracket, which is interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I'm also I'm also sitting on a red. I'm down fifty k right now. Um, I had a good game week twenty four when I didn't touch my team, so maybe I should do that more often. But I made two moves: I Jota and Lejeune in for Felipe Anderson and Vinagre. That was just net neutral because Felipe got an assist and Jota got an assist, so feels kind of worthless. Um, well, you got the bat, so you're down a few. Right, down a few. Um, yeah, I don't know. Etheridge clean stuff. I I didn't. Make moves for the doubles, so I only have Raz, but luckily I captain Raz, so that was a good job by me so far. And then I have Richarlison still; that needs to be dealt with soon. I think actually my team's relatively okay, even though this week's going to be bad, just with like OBS and some of the other picks that I have um, that other people are like clamoring to get. But yeah, I don't know. It's time to look forward. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me housekeeping really quick. So first of all. Knockout rounds for the cup start this game week. Start game week 26 this weekend. No playing round week off like last season. This season, straight into it. So at some point, maybe Wednesday night, once all the ranks and auto subs and all that shit have been updated, um, I'll make the brackets and that stuff and we'll figure it out. So look for that. Um, shout out to the FMLPL Prize League Smug League leader for February so far. It's Jonas Vicken. Ubi Mikel, obviously he's on Kuhn triple cap, you know, most obvious move of all time. Um, but you know, there's still all of February to go, so we'll see. Shout out to Goal Scorers Challenge League leader so far. Since I've been gone, Magic Mike gone on a tear, taking a th- commanding three goal lead over Scotty Boy. 
Um, so that's a that's you know. Sh- shout out who won the mug for January? Oh yeah, it was uh, who was it? I think it was uh, Matt Shannon. Yes, and someone else. Matt Shannon <laughs> and Ben was McKenzie. It? Yeah, it was a tie. Tie. The two mugs coming in y'all's way. So good job by those two teams. Um, and I'm not going to do that for my FBL Public League anymore. So fuck it. Let's move on. Um, okay, so maybe we should just start where I just I just kind of cut you off and just start on like Sun and Mana and Pogba because we got questions in about them. We got Ninja Polar Camel on Slack. He said Sun has Chelsea, Arsenal, and a possible blank in the next six versus Mane, who's guaranteed six games, only plays Manchester United in the next six. Ashir on Slack said, I just want to follow up on Ninja's question by asking which one out of Sun and Pogba would you bring in at this point? And Frankenstein on Slack, is it time for Mane? He's a foreign player and he's going full tilt right now. Uh, um, I think... It's really hard. I mean, I they're all the, really good. Yeah, I think the to preface this, the number one most important thing is to make sure that you have a Bamiyang for this game week. Mm, interesting, um, okay. At, at Huddersfield is just... There is not much that can be said about how bad Huddersfield are after watching them play this weekend and... You know the game week before with, with Severden, it's just they're they've just given up on the season, and they just have such a ridiculous lack of quality in the eleven compared to every other team, the other nineteen teams in the league. They're they're that bad, and I think when you have an opportunity to captain a premium player against Huddersfield, that needs to be taken with both hands. Um, so that aside, you know if you have a Bamyang and you're really looking at you know which of these midfielders is best. I I definitely think that with City's blank after Chelsea, which is a very bad fixture, removing a City player definitely feels like there's very low risk in doing so, especially when we don't have any guarantee over who's going to start for that game. So You just mean mean more mean like short term, right? Just removing them for Chelsea blank and then bringing someone back in is what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like twenty eight, their run goes well, goes good. Yeah, but I think it's like kind of a thing where you think of it almost as a problem for another day. I mean, removing the blank is big. And hold on a sec, I have to get her out. (laughs) Squeaky toy. She's really popping off today. She's, yeah, she's happier than you are to have me back. Yeah, she just ate her food. She's like on. Steroids. Oh my god! Yes. Um, I mean, I don't. I haven't seen more than like one in twenty teams without Pogba, so I don't think that's really worth addressing. I think it's more like, do I get Sun in for my city player? And I think the answer is probably yes. There. Um, there's just over there's just, Mane. It's hard. I, I think and, and yes. how much do you I, factor I, in the blanks? Because Spurs are pretty likely to blank in thirty-one. You know, thirty-one is not I, around the corner, but it's it's in the mix. Yeah, I don't factor that in. It's yeah, just too far really away. Either. It's too far away, and it's not guaranteed anyway. It's just like you just just look at regardless of the stats, which you know are pretty similar between Mane and Son, but you just look at the players like. Game week log and it's not close. Like Sun just gets double digit hauls for fucking fun. And Mane, you know, he scores in a one one and barely nicks a bap. 
And he's obviously a form streaky player. We know that back to the Southampton days. And he has three and three, and he looks fine. But you know they have United coming up after this good fixture, and you know Sun has has two good before it gets a little bit tougher. But I still like would back. I still just feel like Sun is like the obvious safe yeah. pick. <clears throat> I feel like Mane is like me. Like me getting Mane is just the classic like. Overthinking things, like I'm. So I feel much like if smarter. we potted last week, you would have not got money. But that's got that's what I said to many people. Like after yeah. I did the moves, and and when Sun scored, I was just like, "This would never have happened if we." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because uh, obvious really is the only word to describe it. I mean, yeah, everyone on earth was getting in Sun for from game week fucking thirteen until he left. For the Asian Games, and we had him, and it was the best thing ever. And he was like the best player in FPL in all of FPL. And then he goes away and misses like two weeks. And we're talking about should we get him back or not? Like he scores in two straight, of course. Like he's yeah. so good. Um, I think. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, Mane is fine, but yeah, I think Sun is the more expensive. Like I, yeah, and honestly, he's just less yeah. consistent, and consistency is good in fantasy. Yeah, it's just. I just don't understand how Liverpool scores one goal against West Ham. Like that was just oh. completely upside down. And, I mean, they were you know, so I'm, bad. They were so bad. And like personally, like I'm looking at bringing OBS in for a hit, and then like after the Bournemouth game, just doing Mane to Son because what the fuck am I doing with Mane? Right. Kind yeah, of is what I'm thinking. I mean, I might not do that. I might, I might hold Mane for a while. But the other thing with this question that's interesting is just that. I think this is the first time in the season where we have legitimately like seven or eight, like eight point five plus priced midfielders who are all like very good options. Yeah, I mean, and, so I don't have Paul, and and he should be talked about too. And like a sheer asked that question yeah, too. No, okay, so Paul definitely is better than Son to me. I think it's just like yeah, I think Paul is the number one of these the, guys. Yeah, the the team is just firing on all cylinders. They were they had a very strange performance this weekend, but maybe that was just because I'm not Lester sure. Leicester are pretty but, good. Yeah, Leicester are just a pretty good team, but they're with the front three and Paul ro- roaming forward. I mean, he, he's just a double return shout every game week, and I I have to be honest, I I think Spurs are they, they struggled. I, I think they're going to continue to struggle, and they have two good fixtures and they have two really bad ones. The the main thing is like it kind of comes back to when if Spurs cap to me every game week is two goals. I never imagine them scoring more than two goals in any game with this team until they get no Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they get Kane, like probably end Ollie back, or maybe when Kane comes back, they could put three or four against a bad side. But right now, they're a two goal max team. They just they just are not creating enough, and they don't have the players to score more than two goals a game. So, like, are you going to be comfortable enough that Sun's going to get at least a return in those two? I mean, yeah, that I can't say no that he should. He does he's it every week. Very, yeah, he's just the talisman, and he's the center of every like good action they have attack wise. He's there either at the end or creating it. So, you know, that's one thing. But then with Paul, he's like similarly kind of talismanic in terms of maybe more like chance creation than being on the end of things, but. They have three plus goal output every game because they've got good players and they're a good team. So I, I like Paul more than Son, but I think it's I think they're both fantastic. Obviously, yeah. The interesting things, like from the stats perspective, is they are very similar in in terms of like 
how many points you'd expect them to be scoring. But the big difference is, and shout out to Davy Boy for his his like graph on this or whatever in in Slack. But Sun is very much outperforming his his expected stats, and Paul is underperforming. And even despite that, Paul has been really good and consistent. You know, and that yeah. to me speaks volumes. I mean, just just as we talked about earlier, I mean, Sun was extremely lucky to get any points this week and he turned zero points into 11 just like out of nowhere because Dubrovka error you know and that we'd be having a different conversation if Spurs looked like that and it finished nil nil you know so yeah I think I'm with you there that Paul is the main guy in this in this range yeah and I mean the pens are big I mean United now with this formation and they have like three extremely like quick-footed, like very tricky players to defend ahead of Paul in the box. Like if, if Tony comes back in, they you know, they're going to get their pens and that that's big for Paul also. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pens are good. But it's it's also then the other thing is, right? Like we're looking at like I'm talking about Mane, okay, he had West Ham then Bournemouth and then like kind of playing the fixtures and and like kind of shifting premium to premium based on fixtures. Like I'm not sure like in the past that's gotten me in trouble into trouble. I'm not sure if it's kind of like you need to really just try and pick your pick your horse and stick for like four to six and see if they come in versus you know wasting transfer zone spots. I, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah. it's something that you need to think about when you're using doing your transfer. I now. mean, I think very clearly, if Liverpool put in another bad performance, then it's obviously get rid of Mane, right? I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. they Especially were they had back to back really poor attacking performances, and then home Bournemouth should be the cure to any bad attacking performance. And if it's not, I mean, they have a lot of injuries. It's not like unreasonable to have a dip in form, but. If that continues against Bournemouth, then yeah, I would definitely, definitely get rid of Mane. Yeah, the the only thing that is a caveat to that is like, regardless of performance, like they had a really bad performance against West Ham, but Mane still put in eight, which is great. Yeah, and after United, they have home Watford at Everton, home Burnley at Fulham, so that's a little tricky. Right, exactly. Those are all any fantastic. Of those could and, be yeah. huge scores. Yeah, yeah, and Liverpool is the kind of team where it's like. The problems have been in midfield, obviously, and and Firmino was I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He but, played the worst game of his actual Liverpool career. Well, so. I, I, I that's hyperbolic because he's put in probably four or five games similar of quality to this this season. Yeah, definitely. he has, he has definitely. The reason, like, I was listening to Anfield rap post match, and one of the things that I don't remember which one of the dudes said is just it takes a lot for Firmino to get hooked on seventy. Like he, that's fair. He's so central to everything we do. And Klopp has said before, he's probably our most important, like to the system and style and everything player. For him to get hooked on 74 and a 1 1, and like, you know, it's fucking title races on, like that speaks volumes to me. Like earlier in the season, he was very off it for two months, but he was coming off a world cup and the whole team wasn't clicking and there were all these other circumstances. Yesterday was just, he's in the final third with the ball and passes directly to a defender or he's in the final third with the ball and just makes a completely wrong decision and loses the ball. It was like, it was like more directly his fault to the lack of attack than in the games earlier where it was just like, Damn, Firmino's invisible or playing kind of poorly, but Liverpool are like, you know, still 
look fine as a cohesive unit around him. I don't know. That's that's how yeah. I saw it. But yeah, that's fair. I, I think that I can think of I don't know the opposition, but I can think of more than like two or three games where he's had those kinds of games this season. This so, season, yeah, yeah it, they were all early. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it, regardless of this, but to me, the the biggest problem with Liverpool, I guess we could just shift there. We've talked the mid- midfielders to we've kind of yeah to dead horse yeah, there, yeah. but. Playing Lalana over Shakiri I, I, is an in, indefensible action by Klopp to me. Um, I don't understand. Like this isn't like a League Cup game against Derby. It's a must-win three-point game against like eleven competent humans who play in the Premier League. And to throw Lalana into that midfield when they're already light and already having to play Keita, who hasn't had a good game in four months. Is just shocking and ridiculous to me because Shakiri's just been above average, if not just great, in pretty much every start he's had, and I think that was really the the factor for me. That that, that well, I so didn't so I didn't see Liverpool Leicester. I was away, obviously. I heard that Shakiri was really bad, and before in the games prior to that, whether it was a sub appearance against like Palace or his start against Brighton, he was bad. So I'm assuming that it was mostly a form thing more than anything. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously the midfield was the problem. But at the same time, and this is another, I'm just like regurgitating the Anfield rap shit because they're really smart and good. Liverpool have had this exact same match at least like five times this season, if not more, where they were kind of bad, kind of sluggish, blah, blah, blah. They... They either go down, they're down a goal at half, or it's it's level at half, something like that, and this match ends up 4-1. And it really should have. And West Ham were just dead. They had no legs at all. Last 20, 20-ish minutes, everyone on Slack, everyone on Twitter is like, oh, this is like Liverpool are about to just fucking destroy them. Like this, This is just for the taking. And the difference is that Shaq subbed on and was terrible. Bob continued to be terrible and got subbed off and everything just floundered. But I don't know, from my perspective, it was like that second half was as scripted almost. You know, obviously you don't want to be ever at one one against West Ham, but the second half was just, okay, this is fine. It's it's nil nil right now, whatever. And this is def- definitely gonna be a win. And they yeah, they just couldn't Get there. It was just the midfield was horrible. The subs did nothing, and it was just it was just bad. Yeah, it's tough. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get there with Cap when we when we get there. But um, I want to shift and talk about Chelsea. They uh, they obviously put up five against Huddersfield. Higuain looked the absolute business. Yeah, let me was, let me. There's two questions that we got in on these. So, Eggy Brett on Slack. Notorious HIG, which is is good. I like that. Is he an option, or do we not trust the balls of Sorry Ball anymore? I mean, he just braced. He's obviously an option, but we'll talk about that. And then Mitch on Slack. General thoughts on Has now that Higuain's in the picture. Is Hazard or is a Hazard embargo the best way to sustain mental health? <laughs> Shit, that was funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that the story of the game was Higuain not really has. Um, he. His movement in the box and what he offers when they have the ball in the final third is just incredible. And 
you really made them kind of tick because we've seen the, the main problem from from my perspective with Chelsea and Washington this season is that they have no problem whatsoever getting possession at the edge of the final third with numbers. They just can't do fuck fuck all with it when they get there. And Higuain just like offering everywhere and just like was always making the correct run and always pulling defenders and and making the correct movements. Just turned the game on its head and, and Huddersfield just couldn't deal with it. And not to I, mention I think, the actual finishes, which were yeah, fucking the, the finishes, insanely good. And and the thing about it is, I I don't mention the finishes because that's just par for the course for him. Like, yeah, he's that, not, that's what he's known for. Yeah. yeah, like he's not like Aubameyang, where it's like he does his finish. You're like, oh my god, look at those finishes because Aubameyang misses tappins every game. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of the finishes that like he is. Just, it's just expected for him. He's a fucking like, number nine. That like yeah, he's a he's, typical yeah, he's a, number nine. Yeah. He's a clinical nine goal scorer. I mean, there's a reason why he kept Kuhn out of the team for Argentina for years. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether or not that worked is another conversation, but I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the merit, you know, the merits, whatever. I think the game made a big mistake pricing him at 9.5. I thought he should come in at 10.5. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that happened while I was away, and I was dead set on at least 10, if not 10.5. I don't know yeah, what they I, were thinking. Yeah. I think that was just an egregious error by the game. Yeah. Um, just I don't know ridiculous. Especially, I mean, we're having this conversation on Slack. Also, like, I understand if they're they're trying to bring a new player into the league and maybe price them lower to in, increase like squad differentiation in the game. Yeah. But at this point in time, when everyone's team value is like in the one hundred three plus region, uh, a nine five price is almost like eight five, if that makes sense. And so, I mean, the ten five was just the most obvious price I could possibly imagine of life, and that well, didn't come in. So, it's also I, the thing that you mentioned earlier is just there's so many good like eight five million midfielders this season. It's a, we're not in the type of season where everyone has three double digit players in their team and fodder, and it's hard to fit in a nine five. It's like everyone has money. Like you have one, maybe two double digit players. And then you have a bunch of like sort of eight, five, nine ish guys. It's not difficult to get the Higuain. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, again, with Chelsea, the interesting thing is that they have at city blank home spurs. So if you have hazard, I think you definitely should ship for those three games, for the next three game weeks for someone like a son, or if you don't have Paul or Mane, I think like any Chelsea someone, player, you definitely ship. Yeah, I mean, literally any warm body who is at the same price as your Chelsea player will score more points than your Chelsea player in the next three games. Yes, because they have they have won three games instead of two, and two they aren't playing two like don't have two horrific fixtures in the next three. So, so that's one thing. But I think Higuain is definitely someone that you know I'm looking at potentially getting OBS in. Like I think from gaming twenty nine on, he's someone that could be a really big differential. I think that I. I I like him a lot. I mean, you know, you know personally that I, I love him. I've always yeah. liked him, and uh, I, I think he's going to be a, big, a good pick. And you know, coming back to Has, you know, the brace was nice. You know, the fifteen was nice, but we'll we'll see. Kind of, he seems to have like a good understanding with Higuain this game week, and you know, there's someone for him to pass to, so his assist numbers could maybe tick up because he's not passing to like a basically a center back playing central forward in Alvaro Morata. Yeah, or just shifting had, it wide to Willian or Kovacic yeah. or Conte yeah, or like, Pedro. Yeah, like a, a back pass or a side pass because there's nothing on in the box every time yeah, he yeah. has a wall at the edge and shit. Like, I mean, he already has 10 assists, which is plenty, but um, you know those could flow. So I, I don't think that there's not a world where the double up with Higgs and Hazards is, is not going to be a decent shout, just... 
looking at Hazard against someone like Sterling is tough because they both have like kind of sameish fixtures from twenty eight twenty nine you know onwards. So you know that's going to be a big call, and we'll we'll talk about it on the pod. And the as, doubles as, as will be sort of. We'll know a lot more about the doubles after the FA Cup, after this weekend. So that'll be, you know, if Chelsea have like an incredible double or something, obviously that'll factor into our decision in game week 29-ish when we we make that move. But yeah, as someone with OBS, I mean, I'm still, you know, catching up on FPL and what I missed and watching Match of the Days and shit. But one thing that I've definitely sort of, one sort of obvious thing to me that you just mentioned is I have OBS. He's incredible for these next three fixtures, captain at least two of the three probably. But game week 29 going OBS to Higgs is just, that's so easy and it seems terrific. OBS yeah. on, from 29 is away Spurs, home United, away Wolves, home Newcastle, not good. And, and yeah. Chelsea just have great fixtures. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that transfer just does itself. And yeah, it's you very also easy. free up like two million basically. Yeah, very very easy. But yeah, I, I think in general though, it's it's it was just exciting because it gives us it gives us another premium yeah team with like their attack is good now. Right, and all of a sudden they're, 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 they can yeah. score goals. Yeah, and their attack's been bad for four months, so so that's a nice thing. I like well, it. and also just one more thing on Chelsea, and this goes back to something. I don't know, was it five pods ago or something when I mentioned uh, Alonso and his his lack of targets for his crosses and he's not really like creating chances or getting key passes or expected assists or anything because there's no one to fucking pass to because has a center forward and there's no other goal scorer in the side. I don't think it's a coincidence that Higuain starts, Alonso puts up his highest XA since fucking October. And both of his key passes went to Higuain. So I think yeah. that someone like Alonso is very under the radar at this point because, you know, well, A, because he's been horrible value for months, and B, because he's so fucking expensive that he's difficult to get to. Or that's also, he's another like Game Week 29 guy that I'm definitely keeping an eye on because he'll be a huge differential with obviously we know his ceiling is massive too. Yeah, well, the one the one caveat is that he was dropped the game before for Emerson, and then yes. Emerson picked up a knock and, and wasn't in the squad. So, well, they we'll also got he, fucking done. <laughs> yeah, they got done, but we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, um, yeah, if he if he come if he retains his place when Emerson's back fit. But yeah, that's something to keep an eye on, and and I agree definitely. Um, whew, there's so much shit to talk about. Um, some other city questions. Rydale on Slack. Thoughts on holding city assets through the blank, especially when you have value tied up in a player like Sane and Jabron James on Slack. Kuhn looks in great form. Is it worth sacrificing someone like Sane to move to Kuhn? Or is Sterling slash Sane, is the Sterling slash Sane axis where you want to be for the run in? So kind of um, weighing all the city assets up against each other, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we we like touch on a little bit. I, I I think it's okay to hold one through the blank because you definitely want city shares. Yeah. from gimmick twenty eight on their fixtures are great, so I think it depends on just like your specific team and who who you want to get in if you have two of those players. But I mean, doing something like Sane to Aguero is just fucking insane. I don't it can't I don't have time for that. But I think you can hold one. I I don't think holding two is great just because now is the time to act because they have Chelsea and then the blank. And you can always buy back in in a couple of game weeks time. 
So yeah, it's not I, like I one think, of them's gonna like price rise through the blank or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're gonna like you're talking about value tied up in Sane. Like if you hold Sane through the blank, he'll probably drop at least point two. I don't know what you bought him at. You might lose point two selling. Like you know, maybe you're up like point one. Like that's right. whatever. It doesn't matter. So I think it's like yes, I like holding one just because the future transfers to buy back in if you sell them all right now is going to be maybe a little bit annoying. Um, but, but, but that's basically my take. And again, you know, between Sane and Sterling, I, again, a team dependent, who are you earmarking? Like, who do you want to get in? Who can you afford? Um, I don't really see much between them. I do like Sterling a little bit more than Sane just because, you know, he, I think he just has a higher upside. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically my, my take on it. Do, do you have any, anything else? No, I just want to re-hammer home something that you said at the beginning of the pod because I've felt this all season and I don't think Sterling gets enough respect for this, but he's the best attacker on the team. It's not even close. Like He's the most important attacker on the team and he has been for two seasons now. And he doesn't get the respect of Salah and Hazard and, you know, like, OBS or whatever he like, because I don't know why, but... That's important thing. That's an important thing, and he so, you know, he plays nine every week for a reason. Yeah. So one also important conver- or interesting conversation we're having on Slack during the during the game was just um, regarding Sterling. Is that his positional role has changed like very much throughout the season this year? Yeah. At the beginning of the season when they had Mendy playing, he was very much that kind of second runner in the box with Kuhn. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately, and and even when Sane is playing out wide left, like Sterling is very much shunted out right, and the second runner on the box has been anyone between Bilva, Dilva, now KDB this game, um, and even Gundogan, and that's been a big concern to me about Sterling's like goal output. Um, I don't really feel like he has that kind of like brace hat trick potential necessarily based on the position. It could change any game week. I know I've said I'm kind of contradicting myself here, but. When he's playing out wide, which is kind of what he has been doing, and and he does have some actions where he's in center of the box if it's you know on the opposite flank, um, and there's room for him to go there, but he's not like living in the box for the tap right, anymore, which is what we're used to. Yeah, and maybe that's and, what maybe that's why people are down on him. Yeah, yeah, which which is fair. I mean, he had two assists, and he had I think he had one, maybe two times where he was like. Uh, cunts hair away from a tap in. Yeah, there was that. That was that Kev cross from the right yeah. that he was like, yeah. yeah, a little smidgen, yeah. But like, the, like to me, when I watch City, like the best FPL asset is whoever is making the second run with Kuhn in the box, because those are the players that are underpriced in FPL because it's not Kuhn, and and they are just as capable of tapping a goal, and like that's why when like Dilva had his little purple patch and like maybe like between game of like ten and fifteen or so, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly, and last but, season too. Yeah, yeah, and last season like he was that player. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like Kevin was insane this game. Like he was doing those runs and also creating and putting balls in. Like he was. So you have your eye on Kev. I don't. I not for FPL. I just think okay. he's too expensive. But right. Just I'm just talking about like watching the game. Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. role is like what I want my city player to be doing. And you know, Kev could be playing fucking DM tomorrow. I don't know. Right, right, right. right. And I think But that yeah. Yeah, I think that 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 whole thing is spot on and that almost to me further hammers home why Raz is such a good long term hold is because he can do anything. 
Like, there's a reason he's never dropped. I mean, I'm going to eat my words tomorrow, whatever. It's a double gimmick. But the reason he hasn't been dropped in forever is because if you need width on the right, he'll do that. If you need width on the left, he'll do that. If you need a second striker, he'll do that. If you need a main striker, he'll do that. And if you need a number 10, he'll do that. And he does them all really well. And then he consistently scores points because of that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's why Raz is just Raz. He's just incredible. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, Mishka on Slack. This is just I'm kind of just dipping into questions. Um, Mishka on Slack. If you were to wild card now or around game week 27, which five or six players would you build your team around? That's hard. Yeah, I don't know. This is the, we get this every other week. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, we, I we mentioned a- all the guys. I think just passively. Yeah, I fine. mean, there's the Paul. There's Obs right now. There's Son. There's Raz. You know, like yeah, we mentioned all the guys. I want to talk about Wolves for a second, also, because they've been like just scoring for fun again. And we're both triple Wolves merchants. Well, I mean, we, we have all their defenders. But I wish I had Jimenez, dude. He is my Jimenez? fucking nemesis this season. And I, 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 God, go, go on. Say what you're going to say. I mean, Jimenez is just I. The last time I remember we had like a budget striker like this was when Chaz was on QPR. Yeah, he, maybe Var, I mean, Vardy. Yeah, that the Vardy title season Vardy when he was season. like six five. Yeah, I mean yeah, this is fun. ridiculous shit. Yeah, he has I mean he has sixteen returns. We're in gaming twenty five and they still have a few good fixtures. And they as a team, as well as his individual performances, just like they're just improving, which is very exciting to me because you know, I feel like he kind of was like dirtling around for a good like two and a half months of just looking like a piece of shit donkey who was doing nothing but kind of like Sideways jogs, just like not offering, like not doing much. But the last like few game weeks, he's like the team and him have just been so good. There is absolutely no reason why anyone doesn't own him and as at this point. Well, yeah, look at me. I mean, I have triple wolves and I don't have him, so it costs me two transfers, and that's probably the main reason why. But yeah, I mean, Balfsky on Slack mentioned this. He he asked, rest of the season, would you rather have Obs or Kuhn? It seems like Rashford and Jimenez are must-own strikers, and it just goes back to that. I mean, he's just, the level of consistency is, it's really remarkable. I mean, he blanked three three game weeks in a row from game weeks two, two three, and four, he blanked. And since then, he has not blanked more than two in a row. And he just pretty much returns every single week. And I think... A lot of credit should probably go to Nuno because remember they had that slide, like well, I don't know when it was, I maybe mean, ten game weeks ago or something like that, where they were in like twelfth place and everyone was like, "Oh God, like they can't score, their attacks horrible." Obviously, they, don't, they never keep clean sheets. I mean, they lost to Huddersfield at home. Yeah, and then they he changed the formation. <laughs> he changed it up drastically to where they were. They were very clearly like. Two central midfielders, three forwards, two of them being wingers, and Jimenez. And he was so isolated, and he was a donkey, and everything that you just said I completely agree with. And the change to three central midfielders and two strikers, are like Jota's like off striker, whatever you want to call it, is just, they've just completely unlocked the team. And they get the width that they need from the, the wing backs, and they're... Now they have more bodies and more people centrally, and it, yeah, I mean they're they're just fucking really good. They're really really good. It's crazy. Here we are. Any more questions? 
Um, Any uh, palace questions? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, I just found out yesterday that palace got batch UI and I flipped out. That's the best thing yeah. ever. Oh, oh my, my god. god. It's the fucking yeah, best thing ever. It's um, just like it's just one more one more year in the prem. Yes. I mean That's all that all that matters. If they make it permanent though, that's fucking Yeah, I don't that's yeah, I real. Mean, we, we've been rumored for him like every off season when I mean Chelsea just want to send him to Vitesse for the next thirty years, but <laughs> if we can make that permanent, it would just be ridiculous. I, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't I don't it needs I don't to happen. So. Um here's a question. Rob P on Slack. Good defensive options to replace Dean Digny. I have no faith in Leicester defense, so I'm not convinced by Pereira. Are Newcastle the best option to replace if you're not looking at more premium options? I mean, you and I both brought in Newcastle defenders this week, so that tells you what you need to know about that. Does that mean stay away, or does that mean yes? I don't know what you're getting at. Stay the fuck away. Stay the fuck away. That means the hex is on. (laughs) No, I mean, Newcastle are fucking great, though. I I don't... Okay, so... You got Jamal, I got fucking Lejeune, Lassoon. Why didn't we get Yedlin? I mean, they're in a three in the back formation now. Yedlin is very far forward, wing back, creating chances and stuff. I feel like I made a mistake there, but Newcastle's I think Yedlin's good. just horrible. Oh, he's, he's, he's a, bad at football, but yeah, Cedric so sometimes gets assists too, and he's basically yeah, I, the same price. I just like. When you're a yellow slash red card shout every game, and I think you're really bad, then I don't want you. I, I feel yeah, like there's okay. there's a better chance. I mean, I got Lascelles because I could afford him over Lejeune, and I Lejeune's underlying BAPs are a little bit better than Lascelles the last couple, and I think like last year it was probably about similar. Yeah, it I think was we similar. Both, yeah, we had Lejeune and we had some eight pointers there. He was getting bats, but. I would. I, I think that there's a higher chance that Lascelles gets a goal than than Yedlin gets an assist, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at Newcastle's run, and you know, Rafa brought in a little Almiron guy, and you know, they'll keep and they brought in a fucking left back. They don't have to play fucking dumb it anymore. Holy shit, dumb it in. Um, yeah, I think I think Newcastle will keep some cleans, but that's definitely my number one shout. I I love I love Newcastle always, and I, I think that their their defense is going to be going to be a good good value buy um, for the medium to long term. Looking at their fixtures. Yeah. What other teams though? I'm not sure. I, I mean, mean like Leicester. He said he doesn't like Leicester, but I like Leicester. I see no reason yeah. to not like Leicester. They're after Spurs, their fixture run is completely absurd. And Pereira often plays basically winger. So yeah, I see no reason to not like Leicester there. Even yeah, like McGuire is so we saw in the World Cup what McGuire can do as a fantasy asset. I mean, he could do he could score four goals to the end of the season. Who knows? Like he's so dangerous on set pieces. So yeah, I definitely yeah, I, like Lester. I, I don't like Lester. I just think their defense is that bad. I also don't think that he's going to be playing prayer at wing. Um because of against Barnes against these bad against the bad teams. But and yeah, and the, the midfielders he has on offer. Um and I t- think Tulaman, yeah. Yeah, like I would a million percent like Maguire over Pereira, if you can stretch the extra point, it's only point one difference. Point one, like like you mentioned, he at least has a slab head, and he's a, a shout from from set pieces. I I actually like Schmeichel a lot. He's kind of like my like new like pet pet project and goal, and someone I'm looking to turn uh, Rui into, just because they're the kind of team that like I don't ever really expect clean sheets, but. Even against bad teams, I feel like they're fucking bad and they let up shots all the time anyway. 
the defenders don't normally do that well in, in the BPS system, and Schmeichs gets bapped sometimes on saves. Yeah, and he does get a lot of saves, yeah. And at five, like I kind of like that. Like I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah, I mean, they're. It's hard to say their defense is good. It's hard to say their defense is bad because they're the most fucking two faced team in the league. Like yeah. no one, no one knows what they're going to yeah. do every single and, week. And, and the other thing is that I mean. We look at the fixtures, so they have Spurs this week, obviously you fade that, but the from game week twenty seven to game week thirty five, their home fixtures are Palace, Brighton, Fulham, Bournemouth, Newcastle. Like that's it's fucking ridiculous. Joke. And their and away, away fixtures are Watford, yeah, Watford Burnley, Burnley Huddersfield, West Ham. It's yeah, ridiculous. So the only issue is, you know, if they fuck Puel off before March and then they buy in like some piece of shit, like who knows what they're gonna do. It's just it's a tough spot to get. Yeah, it's to, tough. To, but the fixtures speak for themselves. I, I think I, I don't like Pereira anymore, given that he's point one difference between uh, him and Maguire. I think Maguire's a lot better. Again, it's similar to like the Lejeune Lascelles debate. I just think that there's a better shot that you're gonna spike a goal or a couple goals from the center back than than an assist from the, the fullback. And Pereira is also a card bag, but he's so bad at defense. Uh, but I, I like Schmeichel a lot. I'm, I'm like kind yeah, of angling. I haven't angling thought like, about him at all. That's a, yeah, that's I'm a like, good shot there. I'm like angling my double swap to like free money to do Rui to Schmeichel because I, I feel like that could be a, could be a good, good option. Yeah, there could be a lot of points there. I'm trying yeah. to look around at other runs because I just haven't looked at like the season ticker in a while. Brighton have an interesting run, but it sucks. They blanking 27, but... Yeah, excluding the blank and they just have so many home home matches coming up. They're yeah, that's, home that's Burnley true. blank, away Leicester, home Huddersfield, away Palace, home Cardiff, home Southampton, away Spurs, home Bournemouth. They are yeah. just I, all home matches. Yeah, I, I just still think their defense is like kind of bad. Oh, it is, I, but at least yeah, their yeah. center backs are goal shouts. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. the one thing. And they're, and they're cheap. Yeah, I mean, and Ryan also, is cheap and yeah, yeah. it's like We've also been talking about Grob a little bit on the on Slack the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean he's interesting. And I yeah. love him, but what I'm not, we're, they're not considered until after the blank. So yeah, no, no. And uh, I mean Palace can't be overlooked. It's yeah, it's Palace just is there. still just great. But what about the Tompkins injury? I mean, you know, is, is Martin Martin Kelly's fine, right? Uh, uh, I have bad news for you. <laughs> So I'm worried um, about not, the Tompkins injury, but if he's fine, then yeah, Palace are still great. Yeah, I mean he played 90 this weekend. He's he's just a hum. He's hummusing around, I think. And okay, okay. You know, Guaita at at four two is just a fucking mockery. Don't even like, talk to me about Guaita. That's an actual scarred joke. From, scarred from Guaita. Yeah. So I mean, in short, there are a lot of options. I guess there are a lot of options. I guess is what we're saying. Um, one last like sort of topic, and I don't know how much time you want to spend on this, but a lot of questions obviously came in about double game weeks, blanks, chips, the shit that we kind of talk a lot less about than every other FPL person in the world. But So let me just rattle off these questions. We'll see if there's anything that we want to talk about or if we want to just fuck it off. But DW on Slack, perhaps a little review of your chip and wildcard strategies going forward with all the blanks and double game weeks. Jacko on Slack, is it too soon to start the tran- to start to transfer in game week 31 non-blankers? Mr. Toolsy on Slack, with so much to still be decided, what are your initial plans of when you might play your chips? Uh, Frankenstein on Slack, when's the best time for second wildcard? Double game weeks this year seems sketchy at best. And Oghash on Slack, 
with the double game weeks coming up, do we ignore players we normally ignore, even if they're doubling? For example, Southampton mid or a Palace attacker? Or do you aim for the minimum of four points and hope for the best? Um, It's a lot of shit to wade through, and we're going to obviously talk about doubles every week from now, probably till the end of the season, so... You know, well, we don't have to talk too much about it, but I don't know. I guess just where are you at on like your thoughts on handling blanks and doubles just early days, even though they're kind of far away? I mean, in general, like the only blank I know about is K McTwenty Eight, so that's what I'm looking 27. at. Yeah, yeah. Twenty seven, sorry. And I mean blanks in gaming thirty one it, it it's so far away. That's just so many transfers. Um I'm not remote like that's a similar thing about like I'm not getting sunning because you go into Asia. Like it's too far away. It's also not guaranteed. So the FA Cup fixtures are coming up and, and we'll have a clearer picture. So realistically, like I have all my chips. I'm just kind of chilling, getting my red arrows. And when I know <laughs> when I know the actual life of what will be happening, then we'll get into it. Yeah, I think I basically feel the same. I mean, from a very rough, murky perspective. It seems like there might be a big blank in Game Week 31. We both have our free hits. That might be a good time to play it. There might be a big double in 32. You know, we'll play fucking triple cap then or whatever. But most of all, I mean, it's just pay attention and make a plan when there's information to plan for. And right now, there's basically no information to plan for. I mean, I. I I guess if you've used like wildcard and free hit already, you have to kind of plan further in advance and you can kind of rely on like the odds of, you know, city beating fucking like Middlesbrough and or Millwall or whatever, whoever the fuck they're playing and they'll probably blank. But it, like you said, it's just so far away. It's just, you know, you'll have plenty of time if you wait until game week 27 to make your moves. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Should we move on? Yeah, let's go. So, captaincy this week. Um, who are you on? What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of shouted at early doors, but I, I think OBS is just the runaway best option. Um, Do you take just, any stock at all into the fact that he's been and Arsenal have been much better at home? Not really. I, I again, it's Huddersfield. They're so bad. Like they're just, yeah. they're just so fucking bad. And I think you can spike a hat trick against Huddersfield with a good player any game from now until game week thirty eight. And I think that that opportunity is is too ripe to 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 look away from. Even though Liverpool are home, Bournemouth, which is an Outstanding attacking fixture. You know, Liverpool have put very large seeds of doubt in all of our minds the last yeah. two game weeks where they've really struggled. Yep. Uh, the mid midfield is still for mid for Liverpool very injured, and you know I expect them to win the game. Obviously, just like I did against West Ham, didn't come off, but I, I don't expect like four or five anymore. Um, yep. Based on what I've been seeing from them, any fucking like Palace could score five against Huddersfield, and I, I think it's just it's all ops. It's it's ops all day. Yeah, I have OBS, so it's been a very... I haven't thought about much. <laughs> um, I mean, there are other people to cap, I think. I think United against Fulham, as they've proven to be very consistent, Rash and Paul, 
is capable. And I think, like, like we were talking about Sun earlier. I mean, it's a quote unquote bad fi- attacking fixture because Leicester have been good against top teams, but Sun double digit returns every fucking week. So I'm not gonna like kill you for that either. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, Ob seems the best. And uh, one thing that we didn't kind of mention earlier is that in the game week 27 blank, where there's no Chelsea and there's no City and Liverpool and United play each other, Ob's is home Southampton. Yeah. And that is just so, like, even more than this week, so far and away the best captaincy in game week 27. And everyone who has him is going to feel. Very confident going into game week twenty seven, much more than not having him. So that's another huge reason to get him. I think. Yeah, that's definitely for me personally. Like, I don't have OBS. It's like very much playing on my mind. Is that he's the runaway captaincy option for next week as well? Yeah, which makes like it's either now or never, and um, arguably game week twenty eight where they're home Bournemouth. Like, yeah, if if exactly. he's flying, you know, if he if things go as we expect, game week twenty six and twenty seven, and he like double returns in back-to-back games and they're going home Bournemouth and he will be the standout cap for home Bournemouth as well. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool do have uh, home home Watford, Watford that same game week, but um, and, and City for to the extent are, are home West Ham. So there's a, there are a lot of good options for 28. It's going to be kind of damage control yeah, just for yeah. the coin. But, but yeah, I, I, I think it's OBS. For, for me, it's OBS this week. Yeah, yeah, OBS in. Um, and then what are you looking at this week? I mean... Hard, hard to say what are we looking at re-transfers when the game week isn't even fucking over yet, but do you have transfers in mind? Do you have, like, are you going to try and get OBS, or what are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, so the most difficult thing in my life right now is that, like, Rondon has just been so good for me for a long time, but and he has really good fixtures coming up, but yeah. he's so he's just so much worse than, like, Jimenez and Rashford. And I can I can do Sterling to run Sterling and Rondon to OBS and like some guy, um, so I'm, that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, I'll see what tomorrow brings. Like, but I, I can't do Sane and Rondon to OBS. I, I don't have enough money, so I'm leaning that way. And then I'll reassess maybe game week 28 or something if I want to do something with OBS out again. But that's what I'm looking at. It's hard to imagine that really fucking burning you either, just with the captaincy yeah. and the city blank. I, I like that move a lot. I like yeah, aggressively right. going for OBS, especially if you're getting rid of a blanker right now. Like yeah, any I've, double swap that's city or has or what Higgs out for OBS, I think is really good right now. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, my personal team, like benching Sane for the blank is not a big deal. Yeah, um, I can easily easily take that, and uh, you know, I might even be able to save into the blank. So we'll see. But that's what I'm looking at right now. I mean, I'll see what happens tomorrow. And uh, yeah, getting Obsin is like very very high on my radar. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking what about, at what about you? I'm looking at a probably probably a double move. Um, even though it'd be a hit. I mean, Rich. I wish, obviously, that I could have kept Felipe Anderson, but with the Rich double, that was just ridiculously stupid. So I kept Rich over Felipe this past week. But then Rich has away Watford, which is okay, and then a blank. I don't really want him long-term anyway, so I'm looking to turn Rich into probably Pogba, maybe Son if I feel something in my balls, but probably Pogba, which would involve a double swap with Mitrovic out. Um, Can you afford Rondon? Yeah, 
So yeah, it's, it's basically going to be Mitro and Rich out for probably Pogba and either Rondon. And I was also looking at Smashley Barnes. I, I'm not addressing that. I mean, that's the easiest double solve of your life. He's, Barnes has been so – his numbers are so good lately. For And for the past, like, stop. fucking – You need to stop. You need to stop. No, but I've gone to Smashley before and I've succeeded yeah, you, with Smashley. You, you need to shut up. Rondon is just at another level. Oh my god, you're gonna be so mad if I get Smashley. Are you fucking kidding me that you would get parts off of Rondon? That's that's psychotic. That's an insane thing. It's not worth looking at at all. Look at the numbers. Ashley should have been fucking red carded on minute like eleven. That is a real thing. I don't know why he's not. You're an idiot, dude. Look at fucking Newcastle's fixtures. Rondon's gonna bang so hard. He's so good. He's gonna bang so hard. No, I mean I. I'm just throwing it out there to be thorough. But regardless, that'll probably be my double move with an eye on OBS to Higgs in game week 29, like I already mentioned. You know, and my team's kind of coming together. I mean, no no Spurs is pretty bad. Um, Like, no Sun, but it's not as bad as. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, my team's actually pretty good, which is funny because when I left, I was like, should I wildcard? And now I'm. Kind of feeling okay for the medium turn, so it's going to be like a chip fucking fiesta, probably from like game week thirty one on or something like that. We'll both get Redmond in together, fly together, dude. Redmond, don't even. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so since I've been gone, there been a couple new signups to our Patreon, patreoncom FMLPL. They need their asses slapped. We had Andrews Bryant, welcome, and Radu Simba. Tianu, I have no idea how to say that. Straight in there, get in there, get those asses slapped, get in there. Um, yeah, I think that's the end of our comeback pod. Do you have any last words, or should we just get the fuck out? Let's go. Check us out at fmlfiel.com. Follow us on Twitter at fmlfiel. Support us at patreon.com. Slash Podcast Network.